I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Is it happy? Oh, yeah. Is it happy this happy, year? Uh, happy. Okay. All right. Or uh, wait, who can do a good uh, Bill Pullman so impersonation? And this shall be our yeah. Independence Day. <laughs> yes. And thank you for taking time on your 4th of July to hang out with us here on set, Matt. Yes, because I'm sure, well, anybody that's a Hamilton fan has probably already watched it multiple times because that drops on yesterday on the 3rd. But Film Board's going to be doing that this weekend. So everybody that hasn't had a chance to check that out, check that out and then listen for the Film Board discussion on the Disney Plus Hamilton. Just watch the intermission. Pause it and then yes. listen to this and then go back in. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's literally what Lynn Manuel Miranda said. He said, one minute and then you can pause it and make it as long as you want. As long as you. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> you can stand in line for your own bathroom. Yes. It's fine. You know, get that real New York experience. Exactly. Pay fifty dollars for have some wine yeah. delivered. Oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. Now I I heard I haven't been in Disney Plus. Well, it hasn't. Um, I haven't had a chance to dig around, but I heard there there's also a like behind the scenes stuff that they're gonna that there's that's it that's yeah, there as well. There's a, I'm super excited. The yes, so that's a that's a big thing that Disney's been doing because I I watched The Mandalorian and they had their whole mm-hmm. behind Those the scenes great. thing. Kyle, I know you you so you would watch. Oh, JJ, you've, yeah, the, yes. the Disney gallery oh, that yeah. was amazing. Yes, because yes. I'd heard about the uh, the volume, but actually seeing that at at work, um, right? Because I don't know how many episodes I'd watched, and I thought. Wow, like uh, it was the prison break one where I thought, wow, they really replicated like the look of every. And I'm like, oh well, half this isn't even there, right. you know. Yeah. And I see it in action, and I still don't <laughs> I know. It. Like I, 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 know. I cannot see where the line <laughs> is. It's, it's really amazing. Well amazing. And then, and then for all the Frozen Two fans, I guess there's a there's a whole big yeah. thing on the making of Frozen oh. Two. That it's uh, have there. either of you guys watched no, that? I've seen I the movie, seen but not yet. the making. I have. Uh, and I recommend anybody who's an animation fan to watch it because they've never gone to see it before. But what shocked me about it um, was how unbelievably slapdash it appears that their animation process is. <laughs> That's surprising. I mean, like, like obviously, everybody is yeah. are amazingly talented. They're amazing yeah. hard workers and you see stuff. But, like, they... Like, they, they start the documentary about, I think, nine months before the movie premieres. They don't have an ending. Oh, wow. They're still figuring it out. And so they they show this process of of them like they get an animator, they say, here's the sequence. You want to go, you know, have Olaf go from here and do this and do that. And they go, Great. And the animator will spend a month working on it and they'll come back and go, Yeah, we cut that. <laughs> so it's gone. So it's wow. and like I watch this, I'm like, this is the most wasteful process I've ever seen to make a movie. I'd like to- I'd like to say that that surprises me, but with Frozen Two, it does not surprise me. So. But it's it's it comes together in the end, and they all you know obviously it pulls together. But it just amazes me how wasteful that process is. I mean, they they show like you know reams of paper of like oh this is the whole sequence got deleted, gone, just shred it, it's gone. Like if you look at an animation studio like Lakia, who did you know Coraline stuff. Their script has to be tight and locked yeah. yes. before day right. one of photography. Yeah, they would lose so much so money. Why did Disney just yeah. like just all right up until the last minute is just like right. winging well, it? Like, nah, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? <laughs> I guess when you're made a billion dollars, exactly. you can do that. But it just seems like you are wasting so many people's time. Yes. So many hardworking animators are working 14 hour days because you guys can't get your schedule. I will schedule tell you, together. my or, nine to five feels a lot like that too. So it's not surprising yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> right but you're not working no, for disney <laughs> you think that they of all people would have a more efficient they, system i mean this. i think they i think that's a case of uh, a release date got fixed and they had to work towards that because yep. pixar is notorious for working through and then scrapping a scrapping a movie because the story didn't work together or completely overhauling something before it gets released and they were i mean because they talk about that on the and the john favreau talks about that of how much they work through with previs and all that and all those directors said on mandalorian when they showed up to yeah. shoot they had everything that they needed and you know taika watiti talks about the fact that yeah you know when you're doing pickups it's like you know what you need to get it's really specific but yeah when you're not as structured, you get that shot of like, yeah, let's get that shot of that water glass and we'll just let it hang there for a while because we might need that for something. And he said this was the opposite of everybody knew what they needed. And I think that's the difference between when you have 
when you don't have a fixed release date, you have that. But I think with something like High Stakes is Frozen 2, we've got to get it out this date. So then all of a sudden you find yourself behind the eight ball and, and they are scrambling. They're throwing everything. They're just, I, I they're think just that, animating coverage, yeah. right? That's the idea. Right, yes. Like they're animating coverage <laughs> exactly. for the whole shot. We might, we might, we might but, need this. Yes. They're even, I mean, like up to like uh, four months before the, the, the movie has to be locked, they're recording uh-huh. new songs. Oh wow! Like, yeah, it, again, just, I'd like to say that that, that surprises me shocking. for Frozen Two, but not for Frozen Two. No, but it's—I mean—it's all about you know the box office drives those things of that, and I think yeah. I, I did not enjoy Frozen Two as much, but I met my kids are at an entirely different age, and so it was an entirely different situation, but. You know, I'm going to segue into Kyle's first article that he threw in here, which is about mm-hmm. box office driving things. And and Kyle, tell us about this zero dollar budget <laughs> movie that was actually the number one movie in the country. What yeah. is this? How did they pull this off? What are you talking about? It's it's a it's a it's a great story of just about guys who kind of like they kind of game the system, uh, but it was actually a really clever way to do it. You know, right now where everything is shut down, uh, there's no new movies coming out. There's nothing going on, and so these guys um, had in isolation had basically shot a movie. It's it's kind of like a Zoom version of Unfriended. It's a I mean it's called Unfriended. Um, it's uh, it's 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 a really low no budget horror movie, and they thought, well, you know, if there's no one is Actually, and it's like right now. If we rented out a theater and sold tickets for it, theoretically, we would be the highest-grossing <laughs> film in the country. And so that's what Funny. they did. They rented out a theater, sold tickets to their friends, and you know, they, they I think they made like maybe twenty-five thousand dollars and shot to number one at the box office because there was no competition. Well, that's a they can yeah. frame the uh, the Variety <laughs> article that says that, and then that's what they have. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes, that is that's what they they have that notoriety for having the number one film, and they cost them zero dollars to make, which. <laughs> Is right. amazing, but it speaks to ingenuity, innovation, and just how sort of broken some of these systems are when it comes to things like that. I think the virus, you know, this outbreak has shown that we've propped up systems that are just there by the fact that they've always been there. And so it's like, what does it mean to be number one? It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, I still want, I still, I still get the Yelp pages show up to my house every once in a while. I'm like, who's advertising in this thing? Who's thinking that somebody's going to be like, I need to find something and let me get that book out and open it up and look to car parts. But there's people that still, <laughs> advertisers are there because it's always worked that way. And I think, you know, the number one, it's something people like to tout, but, you know, maybe they'll realize it doesn't really mean anything because, you know, people, there's so many different formats and, and ways that they're going to be able to spend their money. I mean, there's so many great examples of a film that didn't do well at the box office, like Scott Pilgrim, you know, a notorious yeah. disaster that is now just heralded as a, a, a great film and has a huge following. And I, th- yeah, that, that's the they have an anniversary right now to the 10 year anniversary. Y- yes, that. that is. That's coming. And I believe they're actually getting together and doing a script reading of that, too. I, I know that, uh, you know, Edgar Wright had talked about wanting to get it back in theaters for the 10th anniversary. So because that's one yeah, that been nice. so many people would love to see, like myself on the big screen because I missed out on that opportunity. Uh, that that is a, a special place in my heart because that, that actually was the, when I moved to Arizona 10 years ago, uh, this like last month, um, that was the first movie I saw cool. when I moved out here. And I was oh, super, wow. super excited. I walked to the theater and it was just me and my wife <laughs> on a Friday, seven o'clock show. And I'm like, oh, I have a show. <laughs> that's great. Yes. Nice. 
Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I just realized, oh yeah, this is not going to go well for their box office. All right. So I'm I'm not Oh, and that movie yeah. that movie is called Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe by the way. is, is the is oh, okay. Sure. Unsubscribe. So yeah. be able to track that one down. Put that uh on your watch list when you're looking for something to see. You can say, Hey, I'm looking for a movie that did really well at the box office. There you yeah, there right. you go. All right. Um <laughs> I'm I'm not one that likes to tread into to the rumor mill and all that. This is something that I think you know, Pete leans into a little bit more. He's always one that's fond of th- of uh, delving into uh, rumors, particularly when it was dealing with with Marvel. He would love like there would be leaks or rumors about what was going on. And so when I saw this rumor about uh, the Star Wars uh, franchise, I thought, I I don't know. And people will say, well, this person's been accurate, you know, before. But there is supposedly a rumor that there is now a battle within Lucasfilm regarding whether episodes seven, eight, and nine, so the most recent trilogy. Uh, um, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker is actually going to be removed from the Star Wars canon. So who who controls the <laughs> canon? <laughs> yeah, uh, Lucasfilm, because In this was way? part of. Well, they have they have def- and, and Andy may be able to speak more to this because I know he's because he watched all the Clone Wars, all that. Right. But there were there were so many when Disney acquired it, there were so many different oh, French properties. Yeah. They they had to define canon because there was like oh, the Clone Wars, so Star Wars Rebels, sure. all of this. So there's a formal canon that yeah, there the is, Lucasfilm there is a formal has canon. defined. Yeah. Yes. Everything everything that didn't fit into that goes into what's called Star Wars Legends. So like everything, all the all the Zahn novels, all of that stuff gets shunted off the side. And then they basically went through and cherry picked and said, uh this is in, this is in, this is in, and then published a list so i guess so zon isn't canon no it's not canon uh except, really? except oddly thrawn is because he's a part of rebels and rebels so is that's a part okay of but canon. that that's a good point right so if they're if this is if this rumor were to be true how would they eliminate yes. the pieces of the puzzle that are so clearly related to canon an excellent question <laughs> and that's why i think this yeah. is totally BS oh, <laughs> because they had this same rumor came out uh, right when Disney bought Star Wars, uh, they, they, they but what they said is they're going to wipe away the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. They're making the prequels. They're cutting them out. They're going to redo them all from scratch. All this stuff. And it's like, okay, I've heard this before. I guess I'm old enough that I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing the right. same rumors again. Yes. You're just changing the names. Yes. So yeah, okay. The, this, they're gonna redo. If they really want to do movies with the, yeah. the original cast, yeah. you can. Right. There's a huge gap. You can just you know you know have Mark uh, Mark Hamill right. shave yes. and he's good <laughs> to go. <laughs> Yes, but the, the the it has to do with all this stuff with the emperor and something called the veil of the force and all of this and how yeah. that yes he he used these tools of the force and that's how he sort of as he got thrown down the you know in Jedi he opened this portal to the veil of the force and and created this other well the quantum realm entity he opened yeah, a yeah pretty, that's pretty what he did. much I get it yes so all yeah, of so Rise of Skywalker okay. is just like Endgame that's it's what they did yes. I am all the Jedi I yes. get it no yes yeah. so he yeah he went through, went so, through a portal so Ray will yeah. use a time machine to travel right. back right. in time yes to meet herself on Jakku <laughs> no it's the veil of the force the veil of the, the, yeah the, yeah, the, the right. lingo is yeah. so, really important yeah, uh, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's, She'll use the right. veil stone. Right. To, yes. no, so basically the idea is that this veil of mirrors, he used it and he created a second set of mirrors that allowed him to escape to where he plotted, you know, the rise of the empire and you know, in the, in the last trilogy here. And so basically they're gonna say that uh a 
that uh, something happened that prevented him from entering the veil, which then closes everything off, and he dies as intended as Return of the Jedi. These other movies are part of that separate thing in Legends, and they can now do something else as other sequels. The, the, the interesting thing about this is, like, is there a time period? So you think about, like, the Hall of Fame, right? The Hall of Fame in, in a sports, in a, they have, in baseball, for example, they have a number of years where they're, mm-hmm. they're available to be voted in. And, a number, and if right. they miss that, if they don't get voted in within that allotted period of time, then they're, they're right. no longer Hall of Fame material. So th- does the canon become this? Mm-hmm. Like, you, get, you can be voted in or out within a certain amount of time <laughs> of your release. Time. But if you don't make it, <laughs> then we're going to rewrite. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like they'll do like a character right, draft yes. where like a character goes right. on screen. Like here's Ponda Baba. Right. Is he right. in or is yes. he out? It's just one of these things where I thought, okay, it was first it was the last Jedi. Then it was, you know, now this whole thing. And they just basically want to, people aren't happy with it and they want to just scrap it and say, forget it. It doesn't count. I'm like, well, you you know that's you, you don't you don't as I always say you don't have to watch those movies you don't have to watch yeah, them right. and you ha- can have your own little head canon you know, of what you want to yeah, happen that's right. so like like there's only there's only three Indiana Jones movies and there's only one Highlander movie head canon yes, I like it. I agree with you a hundred percent on those I like it right there with See? you yes right. And I actually saw an article a ways back that said uh, movies that get a lot better if you assume they take place in the Matrix. <laughs> and a couple of them, I was like, yeah, I like yeah that idea. Yes. right. That, that could work. Next up, I want to talk about Aaron Sorkin and his, Ooh, his, his, his thing that uh, Netflix is grabbing because I, I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan, but I was really intrigued by this because it's a story that um, this is what I, I'm not a history person. And growing mm-hmm. up in Chicago, this is this is one of these things when as I'm as I'm discussing things with my kids, we talk about what's what's current history, what's like near history and when it's far enough away that you get actually get to talk about it. So for me, growing up in Chicago in the 80s, Trial of the Chicago 7 was still too fresh in everybody's memory. It wasn't something that was taught. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't discussed. It wasn't until I was actually in college. It was learning about all the, you know, everything going on in Chicago during the Democratic Convention. He was in art school at the time. And so he had some interesting stories about, yeah, how scary it was, which then made me realize why my mother did not like me driving to downtown Chicago, because in her recent memory, there was crazy stuff that was going on with the police. But Aaron Sorkin is doing this trial of the Chicago 7 that I guess now Netflix is going to be picking up. So I am very much intrigued to see what uh, what happens with this with with uh, distribution. Again, is this one that would have been a theatrical release, but due to you know everything going on, Netflix has had the opportunity to, to snap it up. Um, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of curious, but the yeah, it's interesting. That this is his second his second directorial work too after Molly's Game, which we covered so on the film board. Yes, we too. covered that one yeah. on the film board. Yeah. Uh, were, were you a fan of that? Did you did you guys see Molly's yes. Game? Yes, yes, that we were part of that yeah. film board. I, I, what do you think of Sorkin I, as a director? It was okay. I, it, for me, it wasn't that. I mean, it, it, there. Are, I will say the film board really loved it, and 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 in general, everyone hmm. voted it up. For me, it it, it wasn't it wasn't super powerful and I usually like things to be a little bit more moving. And I, I didn't, he didn't move yeah. me with his direction. I, I love the script. I love, I love the concept. I think it's, I think it's a fine movie, but I don't, it, it's not like one of my favorites. So I don't really see his style in, in direction per se. I, I definitely yeah. trust him with something like this though. And I'm, I'll, I'll be excited to watch it, to see, to see what, it, what comes out of it. 
Yeah, subject matter wise, you can see why yeah. he picked this. Uh-oh. I mean, digging into all the things he likes of of history and and trials. Yes. I mean, obviously going back to Few Good Men. Yes, exactly. Like this is right right in his wheelhouse. Yes. And an amazing cast. You got Eddie Redmayne, you got Tom Hayden, Sasha mm-hmm. Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman, Joseph Gordon Levitt, who has been pretty absent from the screen as far as I can I know he's got that one that's on Amazon Prime where he's the pilot of the plane but I you know it's been it seems like a lifetime since I've seen him uh I guess it was Snowden was the last thing I can remember hmm. that was what four wow. four or five years ago yep. perhaps uh Sounds right. yeah so yeah but uh yeah Will the, you know, as JJ said, I don't think there's a lot of style to his, you know, the way he directs. But for me, it's really about as long as it, as long as how he's directing it doesn't get in the way of the story being told, because I know he knows how to tell the story. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as as long as he doesn't do anything that's too distracting or just so unsettling or disruptive to my enjoying the story, I will be all on board (laughs) for what he's going to do with with this story coming to Netflix uh, looks like sometime this fall so yeah if theaters are open then maybe he can get an Oscar nod if they can get in, if they can get into theaters they're going to cancel the Oscars this year <laughs> I, 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 I totally think they are I mean we in two weeks ago on Satmat we talked about them moving it back to April but it just I, there's no way yeah, at no. this point what's right. the point what, I, mean, I just can't I, I don't have a lot of faith in that in that day this gets back to things have to be in theaters to be award worthy and all of that and you know, right. so yeah we've we've got all this artifice that's starting to, to come Nothing's crumbling down released. again because yes yeah. well <laughs> but but there are but we we talked about you know the five bloods on you know the film board on Netflix not as much I will agree not as much as we would have if theaters were open but still there are clearly quality films that are still being released hopefully you know we 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 have we have dates and you know. My my question is, um, the, how how is this going to prevent? It's how should I say? How does this not turn into drinking from the fire hose? Right? I mean, because there's, so, there's such a there's such a backlog of things. So, to me, there are films that um, I think Wonder Woman 1984 do, is going to go directly up against Black Widow at some point. Oh, and it's it's, like, it's going to be. Oh uh, wow! Yes. Oh, how are they going to organize gonna be, that? They can't. Right? They they can't. And it, nah. it's going it, to it's. I think it's accelerating what has happened because the. These smaller, just straight dramas, you know, the theater, it's becoming about the theatrical experience. What's the big spectacle on the screen that I'm in my big recliner with Dolby Atmos sound in a huge screen or in 3D? That's the spectacle. Something that's a more character-based drama doesn't necessarily need to be on the big screen. It's something that everybody's got a nice setup at home that they can watch those. And and to me, that's where you're direct to video, you know, purchase or rentals uh something like you know the the spring that was released was emma um wasn't going to do well in theaters just shoot that straight out to, to you know to home and the people that want to see it will see it there and there's no reason to try to you know take up a theater that's going to hold hundreds of people to have five people sit there and watch it so i think maybe studios will start thinking about yes it's important to have wonder woman it's important to have you know black widow or tenant on the big screen what are those smaller films that have just struggled in the theaters just give up on that and say no we're going to market those towards the direct home audience to say here you know you get this you know at home bundle something you know, with, with the it. success yeah. of stuff like the invisible man and the hunt uh, mm-hmm. on uh, direct to video. Maybe this could be the return of the mid budget film. It 
Yes. Like that would be that, nice. That's all that's been for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever, there's been this gap because there's, there's you've got your $200 million films, you've got your $5 million films and there's nothing in the middle. So give it, give it a, a decent director, 30 million bucks. And then if you can, you know, do the math to see if you can get the return on that, either by Netflix writing you a big check or by uh, doing this uh, direct-to-video market, you know, and a direct-to-video 2.0. Right. That. Or, right. or there's the possibility, JJ, as you have shared, that we could always just go back to the drive-in, right? Well, now, two weeks ago, that's what I, I shared a thing about the drive-in, too, about how there's going to be this huge resurgence. Yeah. I'm still hooked on it. I, you know, I don't have fourth. We, we've been struggling to figure out plans for for today yeah. for the Fourth of July, um, and we're going to mm-hmm. go to a drive-in. Um, there's a drive-in here in suburban Oregon. It, the it's the double feature, traditional double feature. They're limiting, you know, the cars to about half of what can come in, and uh, we're going to see the Force Awakens. The second feature is Deadpool, which my kids <laughs> my kids oh, would okay. love, but <laughs> no, no, but no. I'm sure. not, not not ready to go through that yet. I, yeah. I mean. No. You know, no, give, heck no. give me ten years and we'll try it. Yes, but um, yeah. yes. but no. But so the article that I put up today was that a Walmart is actually announcing that they're going to turn 160 of their parking lots nationwide into drive-in theaters in August, and it's pretty wild. It's an interesting concept. I am very excited to go see our drive-in uh, tonight, and I think this could be a really neat concept. They the the news story is from one place, but they actually have a particular site for Walmart that's being people okay. in. It's Walmart Drive in.com and right now it's just a coming soon page and talking about it but they're talking about or, or august and they're going to put socially distanced drive-in events and all this stuff so i don't know I wonder what kind of movies they're going to show. They're, it's, it's it's gonna be it's walmart it's gonna be the family friendly stuff and that's i mean sure, make but, it a family but even experience. Family don't like are we talking about trolls world tour sure, are I, we talking about like lion king from last year i mean like what kind of distribution deals do they have does walmart have to land to make this happen i mean we all remember the story of the the parent who bought lion king on dvd and oh, showed yeah. it at the school for a fundraiser <laughs> and got sued by disney yes. so walmart's got to sign some oh, those, yes, uh, yes. those contracts yes they i'm sure they it's walmart they've got uh the ability to i mean they they i mean walmart owns voodoo yep. the streaming service so i mean they, they, not anymore really? not anymore they just sold it to fandango really? oh, did they That's oh interesting. wow Okay. I just got an email about it All today. Right. Oh, they, wow. well, Voodoo is okay. my preferred uh, service, so that's really yeah. Interesting. Okay, interesting. But at least I mean they they have a foot in that arena, or they they did through Voodoo. They did. So they've got they've, they've got some division that's got some connections there. So I'm I'm figuring it it'll it'll be interesting if it's limited to a particular studio or if it's multiple studios and and how they um, do this or if they're just gonna basically yeah do do it as uh you know older films and they'll you know negotiate you know you know licensing for showing it you know this many times on these screens but i mean my daughters have gone to the drive-ins out here in arizona because i heard you know andy talking about he didn't know and yeah my you know teenagers have gone because they did it's the whole double feature um and it's yeah they just it's because then they can be teens without disrupting everybody around them they can be in the car they can they can be loud they can be (laughs) obnoxious obnoxious And all of that texting through the whole movie yes, and they're not bothering anybody it's <laughs> great great for them and i i love this idea because it is i mean it's a, a different experience because you're not taking the old speaker and just hanging it out you know on the 
side right. of the door, like in the old yeah, days. Right. Um, but they, they 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 have this yeah. whole setup where you can place your order for snacks and whatever, and as you come in, they've got curbside delivery for whatever nice. you've ordered for your snacks, so that, that you know. It's, yeah, there you go. Let's face it, Walmart has the land. Yeah, they they, do. Yes, they do. They've got the they've got, they've got the land. So that's one of the folks uh, you know, can do it. Uh, and another, mm-hmm. you know, making the old things new again, <laughs> bringing the bringing the drive-ins back, roaring twenty to us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, roaring. It, 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 well, it is the roaring twenties. That is true. The twenty twenties. I didn't quite think of it that way. We do want to talk about the passing of Carl. Buongiorno. E vado a giocare a little closer, please. Vangelio. E fondo be caro, ne villa popiere, ne vittuare, ne ora second half of the smartest brothers comedy, modest, modest, modest. E giornica. E fondurni la parna vienna, vanciare che regarde. Perfecto, no? Non perfecto. E fondurni la mozza mi la parna ciubella, con un matti venore. Perfecto. E lo zagivonge la perfecto. Buongiorno, nose, bella, un little bit of nose, ciao. Para perfecto, monce, perfecto. E buongiorno the skin, the skin of a nice close shave. Buongiorno Maria Vantor, perno vidore. E figure the build, mangiano vero, col palno. And the legs are beautiful, believe me, I've seen it. Non mangiano vero. Bene facciolo, via. Perfecto, sì, perfecto. Non perfecto. Don Giulio Guarco, Vindo, Ripiardo. Giovanni, te giorno do, Sofia, Giovanni. Buongiorno. Hello. <laughs> Uh, it was something that uh you know came up this week and I you know was just reading it I remember watching the Dick Van Dyke show on, you know, in syndication when I was little. Yep. And Nick at night. Yeah. Oh, no, even before that, when I was like tiny, like WGN, you know, growing up, it was oh, always wow. on. And and then, you know, and then, you know, as an adult, seeing him in like Ocean's Eleven and thinking oh, the 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 span of time and media and everything that he's been involved in and just what a important figure he is in entertainment i mean working with you know mel brooks since he's i mean just he's a monument to you know quality comedy in america and it's a it's a a great great loss um so i just wanted to any any one of the aspects of his career people would be lucky to have i mean just starting off from your show of shows i mean like as a writer just like uh, if I ever got to time travel, I would want to go back to that just to be in the room with all of those yes. guys, uh, and then and then creating one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, directing some of the funniest movies of all uh, yes. time, and then and then continuing even at ninety, he was still writing. Yes, like he was like every day getting up and <laughs> writing books. Like he's like in, in the last ten years, he's published like five books. It. Like yes. I'm I, like I'm in my forties. I don't have that kind of energy. And he's, he's a creator. I mean, he, he, he yes, he is. Yes, he was nonstop right yes. to the end. Yes, he was. So yes, a a great great loss in the world of entertainment and comedy. Trailers. Okay, we're you know things are picking up a little bit. It's it's not quite the doldrums that we had before. And I was lucky enough to come across um, a trailer, and I had no idea this was in the works, and it, it's not anything I was looking for. But I had just recently watched um, End of Watch, 
with um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. And it's, it had been one that had been in my Netflix queue forever. And I'm like, I will get around to watching this. I will get around to watching this. And I watched it and I had a great time with it. And I thought, I'm like, who, who's, who's directing this again? Oh, wait, I know this name, David Ayer, right? And, and I'm looking at his list. I'm like, I Fury, we talked about that on the film board. Had a great time. Love that movie. I thought, okay. And I saw this, The Tax Collector. And I thought, yes, he's creating his own like cinematic LA universe of crime. Yes. Um, Yes. And I I love his sort of sci fi fantasy version that he did for Netflix called Bright. I know some Mm -hmm. people didn't quite like that, uh, you know, mix of things, but for me, it worked. And so he's got a new one called The Tax Collector. and I think he's one of these these writers and directors that just people want an opportunity to work with him because he doesn't always work with the same people, but he always gets interesting people involved in his movies. And I would have never thought that Shia LaBeouf was would be one would be like the crime lord hitman. I you know he's just <laughs> a he looks really, great in the trailer though. He, he he does. He he fits it. He there's a sinister side to him in this, and it's it's one that just I I know the world from his from you know from David's other work that that this is taking place in, and if he delivers what he's done in his other films, I'm looking forward to this. Supposedly coming to theaters August seventh. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> they're being they're being you know optimistic, but at least sometime this fall. This is one that I uh, would definitely show up to see in the theaters because it's just it it is dark, it is gritty and violent, but I feel like he's a competent storyteller and I trust him with this one. What what did you guys uh, think? Of well, this it's one? not the right story for me. Uh, but that yeah. being said, so as I'm going through it, I'm like, wow, this is super intense. I don't know if I want to do this, but then it's really well. I mean. I mean, the, the the trailer is really well curated, and it, the story is interesting to me enough that I it's something that I, I don't know that I would see it in the in the big screen. It's something that I would definitely be interested in seeing later on as they release it to small screens. So um, I was happy that you shared it because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I had also never heard of it and, until you put it out there, and and seeing Shia LaBeouf is a badass. Right. Yeah. I, I, would not have anticipated yeah. that, but yeah, David Iyer seems to be interested in uh, morally ambivalent dudes with guns. Yes, that that, that covers that's, it. That's the genre he, he seems he, to be he, going he, for, he, and it's worked well for him so far. And uh, right. I think he, you know, as long as he has stories, like I said, as long as he's got stories to tell there that work, I think he's got a, a solid career in that. Despite you know little stumbles like getting involved in comic book movies, but we won't speak of such things and just focus on. <laughs> On other release things. the air cut. Yeah. Oh, no, don't, <laughs> don't, doesn't need to happen. Is it air or air? I'm sorry. Air, I, don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, Kyle, what have you brought us? <laughs> yeah. Once again, the thing that's interesting to me about all three of these trailers is until I saw these trailers, I had no idea any of these movies existed. Yes. Cool. So that was fun because it was like a, a fresh thing. It wasn't, I had no preconceived notions. Uh, so much so that even uh, for, for my trailer, which is called Palm Springs, uh, I asked my wife when it comes out, if she would watch it without ever having watched the trailer. Ooh. Because I, uh, as much as I really like this trailer, it got me one of the other things. I wish it wouldn't get, give away so much. Yeah, right. Gives uh, away a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's Andy Sandberg. Um, uh, and then, oh, I forgot the actress's name, but uh, she's from How I Met Your Mother. She was the the mother in the last season. Uh, but uh, she 
It's basically that what they go to a wedding at Palm Springs, and it turns out that Andy Samberg is caught in a time loop at this wedding, uh, and then she somehow gets caught in the time loop as well. So antics ensue as they you know cannot figure out how to escape this thing, and they go through the same kind of stuff. Now, obviously, the easy comparison is Groundhog Day, but. I'm a firm believer in a good idea is a good idea is a good idea. And I like seeing variations on a theme. Like I remember when Raiders of Lost Ark came out, everybody went, whoop, don't touch any 1920s action movies because it's done. It's finished. Spielberg. But it's like, then we got the mummy in 99 and that's the same kind of thing. So why did it take that long? So I think a, uh, it, I like seeing fresh, you know, fresh takes on ideas we've seen before. So I'm, I'm all for it. I can't wait to see it. It's on uh, Hulu. So exclusive. I saw, I have a couple questions. So I saw Groundhog Day late. I actually, it's, it was a gap movie for me. I watched it during quarantine because I had never seen oh, it before. Okay. <laughs> and while I admit uh, you know, uh, Bill Murray's genius. It, it really didn't hit me the way that so many people, uh, it, it matters to so many people. Um, looking at this movie, I think it looks funny. I think it looks like a more mm-hmm. um, over-the-top version of Groundhog Day. And I'm kind of excited for that to see, you know, uh, the this idea that's been trod, the how the sausage gets made in this idea, the mythology, exploring the mythology further and taking it more extreme. That seems funny to me. So yeah. I'm excited about that. I love Andy Samberg. I love J.K. Simmons. So that he he can bring me (laughs) out to anything. The thing that makes me nervous about it, though, is number one, talking about that you see so much in the trailer, but also that it was originally released in January of this year. And then now it's getting this other release. So um, that's kind of the weird Hmm. thing. I'm like, why? Why haven't we done anything more with this? I don't have Hulu. I didn't dig into it. So I don't know how I'm going to catch it, but I will. And they also say it's Hulu and a drive in release. So a little timely considering what we were talking about. So and I I also have lived in Palm Springs. So that might uh, oh. <laughs> that might affect my feelings I've, I've about the movie through. too. <laughs> I actually have driven through that many yeah. times. So six months, yeah, know, six I, months I, of my I'm life. Guessing maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got you probably saw the Matrix there. Um, I did that uh, in LA, but yeah, I, I, I imagine maybe they had it as, as like it got bought by Hulu at a Sundance. film festival. It must like have that it was showed at Sundance. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably okay. probably then they okay. you know, the Hulu people showed up with their checkbook. Yeah. Well, I mean the the thing that you know Andy Samberg brings to this is you know and it being rated R, you you can tread into territory that a PG you know Groundhog Day can't. Right. Uh, you can you yeah. can go far far more extremes and and just I think because people are familiar with the conceit now, uh, you can play around with that. You can do ridiculous things like oh, there's a bomb in the cake. I happen to be a bomb yeah. disposal guy. You can go you know with with Bill Murray, it was like I'm gonna order everything on the menu and eat it. And it's like, oh, that's so you know ridiculous that somebody would do that. That's so familiar. So now we have to up the stakes. And I think this is the perfect vehicle for that because it is taking it to a more ridiculous extreme. The R rating allows them to just, you know, get into days of just sitting around, just getting, you know, drunk and, you know, taking drugs and flying to wherever. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it's, it's going to be ridiculous, stupid fun. And I think I'm very much looking forward to it. It's the perfect time to revisit the genre and, and sort of reinvent it with a, a a new twist for 2020. Love it. JJ, you picked the other trailer that I almost went with. Oh, I'm glad you didn't. This one is, is, yes. is right up my alley. It's Respect, the Aretha Franklin story set to release on Christmas Day, which I think is actually kind of a perfect thing for this movie. Aretha being played by Jennifer Hudson. Um, and I... Jennifer Hudson's got such an interesting career. Um, watched her oh, yes. on American American Idol. Um, yep. l- loved everything she's done on screen. And I think uh, I think she's kind of like the only right person 
person to pick for this. I'm yes. I'm a major Aretha Franklin fan. Uh, I recently went, uh, one of my first ventures out uh, with quarantine was to go buy a bunch of vinyl and I wanted to get all of my favorite Aretha Franklin songs on one okay. vinyl set. And I couldn't find, there were so <laughs> many different ones that I couldn't find something that covered all the bases. I ended up with like five albums in my hand and I couldn't buy, pull myself to buy any one of them because I would have sacrificed yes. one or two songs because I chose one. So I'm really excited for it. It looks like a, a pretty moving uh, and powerful story. So I'm excited for that. It, I think this is just a teaser trailer, but it's worth it. Yeah. I think if yeah. you if you like Aretha, if you like her music, this is, this is going to be a great one. Well, according to IMDb trivia, Aretha Franklin herself handpicked Jennifer Hudson yes. for this role, Love which it. I think is, oh, I mean, oh. there's, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, there, you couldn't have anybody else. Uh, I just, I want to say it was maybe a year, a year, year and a half ago. Uh, the, the, the concert film, um, Amazing Grace that had been in the vaults for since whenever 70 2018 something came out in 2018 2018 yep. so it's been in the vaults for whatever 30 40 years of the the two uh concert performances she did um there was issue with sound syncing and all of that and but so they finally released it it's available on hulu is amazing uh to see this you know concert performance uh in a church and there's an amazing shot where it's just panning the crowd and you see sta in the standing room in the back mick jagger just sort of like Bopping along, yep. and it's like, what? <laughs> yes. Right. He, he shows up. He shows up to see Aretha sing, and it's an amazing performance. So if you do have Hulu and you can't wait for a, you know respect in December, just you know fill in with the little uh, Amazing Grace on Hulu. It's an amazing concert film. It, the album had come out whenever back in the seventies and was like one of the top selling albums, but people just couldn't see the film because of the technical issues. But it is they've they've digitally figured out how to do it, and it's uh, great performances and. A little interesting point. The, the one of the musicians in the band, I think it's he's like he plays the keyboards or something. The pastor mentions his name. His name is actually Alexander Hamilton. Ah, Alexander <laughs> so, Hamilton. Hamilton. Timely. We bring it back round again. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Uh, so Christmas, uh, you know, I get everybody's counting on being able to. It's that's that Oscar contender spot. Yeah, it's going to be up against uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and and, uh, and Black Widow. <laughs> oh my so gosh. it's going to be a weird Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Never bet against Aretha. <laughs> there no. you go. That's right. <laughs> but Diva that, for there's, the a, win. there's a there's a trifecta of female empowerment. I know. Though. I love it. Yes. So I'm all for yes, that. Exactly. Um, also, when I was bopping around Spotify, uh, I discovered an album, a, a quote unquote new album from Aretha Franklin, which I had never heard of before. So there's a group called the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, and they're doing this thing where they're taking the original tracks of of musicians with, with permission. Uh, and they're they're stripping out everything except their vocals, and then doing a full orchestral score. Oh wow! Uh, so she has an album called "A Brand New Me," and it's her the, the original vocals singing along with a fully backed orchestra. Wow. It's, it, they've done it with a couple different artists. It's really really impressive. Interesting. So if you sort of want to hear some Aretha Franklin movie in a way you've never heard before, I would highly recommend checking that out. Brand new me, it's pretty I love cool. It. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's do some IMDb game here. And Ooh. I am. I've never played this before. Okay. This so the rule. So the rules of the game are. Well, I guess the basics are when you go in and look up somebody on IMDb and they're listing, it'll have like known for and it lists four things and the, the the game of it is it's not always the most obvious things that you would think that they would be known for, but according to whatever IMDb algorithm pulls together it will say known for and, and list four things so that 
So object of the game is if I give you a celebrity name, you try to guess what the four things, four films that IMDb is going to put as known for for this celebrity. Right. And and one slot is what Irwin watched last, right? I, you know, it is it is something <laughs> like that. It's I, I think Tommy said it's Steve, whatever Steve watched last, and I, yeah. Yeah, he didn't mean me. And then no, it was Kyle. He, he, meant, yeah. he meant Minecraft Steve, <laughs> but the, yes, my, Minecraft yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, so so Justin and I are working together on this, yes. right? Like, I love it. I'm glad. Coming up yeah, with I the think four. I think they've okay, proposed good. competition before, but I I prefer to collude. I, yeah, so yeah, oh no, it's it's much better. It's us versus Steve. It's it's you. It's it's you. It's us versus the algorithm. <laughs> you okay? So let's let's start with uh, we'll start with we'll start with my trailer. Uh, we'll start with yeah. uh, good old Shia LaBeouf. Okay, Mr. Oh, Shia. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. So what right. is he going to be known for? What do you? Th- I'm going to say holes. Holes. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say. I guess just because okay. I was going to say Disturbia, right? Oh, Disturbia. And then, That's a good and one. then isn't he um, in the Transformers? He is. So those are the two that uh, I offer. Think, okay. So. Transformers, do you think do you think Indiana Jones and the King oh, of the Crystal Skull? I don't think it'll show up on the algorithm, but I think that's no. But, but okay. I mean, I get why, right? I get why that might yeah, pop up, but right. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, just because popular. What else? But yeah, I think for example, we'll say first Transformers yeah. movie. Okay, even though that's not the one that made the most money. Right. Okay, that's okay. The, You've got the best Transformers, yeah. and then you said this. And once again, head cannon. There was only one Transformers <laughs> right. movie, and then Bumblebee. <laughs> that was it. Just those. Two. And then you said what? Um, you said Disturbia, Disturbia, and then, uh, and then uh, holes. I didn't think about holes. Okay, Transformers, and then. What was the last one to be? Um, the Even Stevens movie. Oh, good no. lord! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a clue. I, oh, oh, you know what? Here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna do the Irwin pick. Okay. The, the throw the, I'm gonna say Eagle Eye. Oh, cool. Oh, let's wow. do that. I like. I it. just watched that movie again. It's still it yes. Okay. Okay. Those are our four. Yeah, yeah, and you're shooting 25% there. That's, so you got oh, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so so <laughs> I, 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 so you got Transformers. Okay. Oh, okay. Course. Two of the other, please don't tell me it's four Transformers. No, 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 because two of them, okay. two of them. This is you know, I maybe speaks to the algorithm, but two of the films are from 2019. His two most recent films, Honey Boy, oh. and the Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. That makes real okay. sense. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. recent- so. And so then the th- the the last one. We just talked about this when we were talking about the trailer. No. We talked about it on the film board. How could you forget that he was in Fury, JJ? I forgot that. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, he's not like known for that. In that, right? <laughs> That's so no, weird no, to say he's that not. he's, he's <laughs> known for Fury. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's he a was, great film. He was just lucky to be in the right. day. Yes. I'm, I'm glad people, I'm glad it's directing people to see that movie because if, yeah. if they haven't, they're going to have a great time mm-hmm. with that. Right. But yes, I'm, yeah. it is. Yeah. skewed heavily with you know, having two films from 2019 was a surprise to me that yeah. they would skew John that Barenthal's way. in Fury too, right? Oh yes, oh yeah, it's such a good it's, movie. It, oh, I yeah. need to watch. I wrote that a again. blog post about it. It, it. it it blew my mind. Okay, all right. So then we're going to go with Kyle's trailer, and we'll go with Andy Samberg. Oh, so wow. this is not a, this not a lot of movies. Well, no, there's not. So, uh, so <laughs> obviously, pop star, never stop, never stopping. That's got to be in is there. It, wait, okay, he has, doesn't he have? There's like a, 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 it's a thick comedy. It's a, it's a racing movie, right? Isn't there or like a, a daredevil movie that he's in? I don't. Oh, know. what's yeah. it called? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I'm, I'm shoot, I know exactly with Bill Hader. Yeah, um, um, Hot Rod. Is that it? Is it Hot Rod? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Hot yeah, Rod. I think so that's there's two. one scene that I like in Hot Rod. Um, okay, Hot Rod. <laughs> cool beans. Cool beans. Cool, cool beans. Um, hot Rod. What, what was the first one you said? I, I, I will tell you that one of the four is, uh, is a TV star. One of the oh, four sorry. is a TV show. I will tell you that. Oh, okay. So, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. Or, or Saturday Night Live. I think it'll be Brooklyn no, Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then, yeah. okay, so Hot Rod. Love that show. Pop Star. I don't know what else. And then was he was in an Adam Sandler movie? Was he? Sandler tends to skew these was things. He? he played Adam Sandler's son in I can't remember the name of that huh. movie. That, my, my boy, my that's my boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a deep cut. I though. don't know. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm tapped out. Face. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to keep poker face. <laughs> these are good. These are good. Uh, I'm telling you guys are you guys are batting. Are you talking about that's my boy? Are you talking about Big Roll. Daddy? No, okay. not talking about okay. Big Daddy. I don't know what that's it, my it was like. Is. Uh, uh, it was it was uh, Sandler shows up as like uh, playing like a sixty year old man or whatever, <laughs> like that. He was the deadbeat dad. All right. And now he's like he's back. Like I'm here to help you with becoming a man. Right. And okay, so so you've got pop star, <laughs> and then yep. you said hot rod, Brooklyn, hot rod, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and, and then, then that's my, my boy. boy. <laughs> There's no way that's on there. You guys are at 75 percent because it's Saturday. Oh. it's Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh Saturday Night Live! That's my boy. Wow! And oh. Oh. That's great. And we even considered switching. <laughs> we did. Yeah, you did. We you did. That's you great. Were, you, you, were, you were close. But that's but my the, boy. I've the never peanut heard butter Falcon it. thing threw us off right. because we thought the most Recency. recent. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, my boy. I can't yes, believe I just, that. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm both impressed with myself and ashamed. All right. Which is, you know, when you see myself, I'm super impressed with that. Kind of how you walk out. All right. So, Jennifer Hudson, JJ. Oof. How? How? You, are you guys Jennifer Hudson fans? I like her, but I, I'm not. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm not super yeah. familiar. So she's got to have Dream Girls on there. Dream girls, um, dream and then I think what now? I, I, is there a television show? Oh, on this? These these are all movies. Okay, these are all now, movies. She, oh wait, wait, wait. There is that a TV show or movie that's going to give it away? Isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she is uh, basically is American Idol. No, no. Okay, no, okay. 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 No, no, that's, okay. That's, she should that's American Idol idea. should be on there as her origin. Yeah, no, but, the, yeah. The, the, yeah no, now, these are all movies. She was also in Cats. So I would put cats on yes. there. Cats, <laughs> Dream Girls. And what else? Gosh um, darn it. I'll tell you, she, she was a, in one of those 1960s. She's, in, she's only got 31 cre- actress Shoot. credits, so it is a small 31's small big, bigger than I would have thought. Well, yes, but... Well, yeah, yeah that, that's also... Does that include, like, that episode, 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 show? And, that, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a few things like that in there. Okay. Yeah, so okay. it's a Dream yeah. Girls. Boy, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know her filmography, though, yeah. as well as I thought I did. Yeah, I think that's all I can offer, you know. Okay, but yeah. uh, but all I'm right. anxious to hear. That's, it. And that's yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so hit us. So you got, got, so you got cats and you got cats, cats and dream girls. girls. Well, you you you're. I guess are those both yes? You get, no, the yeah. only one we is oh, really. No, you got you just dream girls. <laughs> okay. Also, oh really? Yes. So the one that threw me off, and I wasn't sure if TV show or movie was Sex and the City, but it was the Sex and the City movie. Oh, this movie. Okay. I right. didn't know she was in that. At okay. All. Yeah. The secret the first li- one, the secret life. Yes, it was the first one. Then uh, she was also and, in the secret life of bees, and she's also in. Oh, Sing. I thought you were gonna say pets. Is she in <laughs> Sing? Is that what's on there? No, oh. uh, Spike Lee's Chai Rock. I have no. I don't oh. even know what that movie okay. is. Okay, all right, all right. I don't yeah. feel so bad. Yes, cool. 
Well, we did all right. We need to up our Hudson okay, game. Here Put okay. those game. on your gap list. Game. I'm going to throw yeah. you one last one. I'll oh, throw you Aaron. Okay. I'll throw you Aaron Sorkin. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you, one is TV. Okay, that's, that's the West a, Wing. That's a giveaway. And then the <laughs> other three, you guys should be able okay. to get. So I, we should be. I'm, okay, so I'm going to say I'm not a huge jobs. fan. So I'm going to go. I'm okay. going to trust you really to do it because I okay. I wasn't even aware <laughs> okay. that of his relation to uh, a few good men, for example, until we on the show. Oh, so okay. uh, glad to hear it. Um, and what did okay. you say that yeah. Steve Jobs? So I'm going to say Steve okay. Jobs. Okay. I'm going to say the Social Network. Oh okay. yes, yes, I knew that one. Uh, and then and then the third one, I, Molly's Game, because he directed it too. But then that's not as popular of a movie as some of the ones that he's written like moneyball he wrote oh. moneyball wow he wrote moneyball all right yeah um i would say molly's game for so, recency and then you said yeah. steve jobs and what was the other one you said social network i think those are great which for. she won the Plus oscar west for, wing so. i think those are a great four yeah let's go okay. with those okay so you said west wing west wing yes and, that, and that's correct yes and then you said yeah. you said social network yes yes and that's correct yes and then mm-hmm. you said Molly's Steve game. Jobs. You said Molly's, Molly's game, game for yep. recency, and that, game, yep. and that's correct. Nice. And then you said Steve Jobs. Yeah. And you should have said a few good men instead. Oh, oh okay. See, but you brought it up, Kyle. So you, you, yeah, exactly. This yes. is a, we've yes. done really well today. Yes. That's a much yeah, better round of IMDb game right. than yeah. we've done before. We, I say we've gotten at least one in every. That's true. Yes. Yes, and you had there were some oddities. I mean, again, Jennifer Hudson. That was I knew that was going to be a stretch. That was going to be a stretch. And then with Shia LaBeouf, you know, having two the recency thing sort of skewed that one a little bit. So, yeah. All right. All right. So we have to list time. Right. Talk talk about lists, which was I like this category. so be, yeah, because this, of give me some good stuff. Because of the Hamilton film board, they talked about, you know, weird categories that they were gonna throw at us, which was revolutionary musicals, um, no. miscast historical figures, or make <laughs> America funny again. And it ended up with miscast historical figures. And I had to go back and yeah. listen to the episode to understand what they were kind of getting at. And it, it mm-hmm. started off as the oh, the whole idea of the the cast of Hamilton being basically, you know, people of color and the founding fathers weren't and so casting you know people who were playing a character that was different and so i thought okay there's there's a way to do that that's that's not going to get into dealing with real controversial like I think it's both. I, th- of, I took it know, very little. Is, so I, okay, I, so you took it. Okay, yeah. that's there's lots of ways to go with Great. this. So I I struggled because I was trying to figure out, and I'm not a, and I tried to stick to important historical figures to the, as mm. much as I could, and it didn't work that well for me. I didn't. So mm. you didn't. Okay. <laughs> My only category was that they were real people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that was hard enough. Fictional right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They were real historical. People. Okay. Yeah, so well, who goes first? So I go, yeah. I go first okay. because I had the first trailer. Great. So oh, right. I am, I am going to go with, uh, and it's funny because we were just talking about Aaron Sorkin. I am Ooh. going with Michael Fassbender, a German man playing Steve Jobs, a man of Syrian descent. <laughs> although, okay. although okay. Steve Jobs' mother was part Swiss and German, so you could sort of make a connection there. But it was one of the oddest casting choices I had ever seen in my life. And nothing against Michael Fassbender, but he's just 
it was a very odd casting call to to be Steve Jobs. Well, and that's what makes this this category kind of difficult because really, like Mm -hmm. great acting jobs. Yes. Mm -hmm. How does that figure in for your definition of miscast? But I think I think it's fair what you did there, especially talking about ancestry. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that was the piece where I I that. That's where I, I went with that one. So that was my first, gotcha. first. Uh, on well, which one? one? So, what's, what's the movie again? Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Jobs. You're right. the, yeah, okay. yeah. We got a yep. theme, which which is a great movie. It's just, it's a great movie. It's just where I, I I mean I I think I'm biased from the uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley, you know. TV movie right. where uh, Noah Wiley I think just did an impeccable yeah. uh, Steve Steve Jobs yeah. Okay. Okay, Kyle's next. So, Kyle. Yeah. I'm not the next. Okay. Uh, this one, uh, like I said, I, I'm going to put it out here first uh, just because I know it's almost guaranteed to be a steal if we all think of the same way. Uh, so, we're going to go back to 1956. Okay. Uh, when you set out to make a movie about a person who conquered most of the known world, <laughs> especially one who uh, came from Mongolia, the first name you need to call would of course be John Wayne. <laughs> of course I'm talking about the conqueror. That's perfect. I, I would have never picked that one. So I'm really glad you picked that first. Yeah. Yes. That is, that is perfect for this category though. And, and <laughs> terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. I have not seen Howard that Howard Hughes movie. directed that. Wow. Oh really? Okay. That's yeah. just one of those. I, I've seen the, pictures of of that i thought i i'm not a john wayne fan so it's not anything that ever came across my <laughs> like i'm gonna watch this i'm not a completionist yeah. like i'm gonna see everything that he's been in uh but it's one that yes is is like seems like the most egregious of like yeah <laughs> this is I, not <laughs> if you uh if you want to know more dana gould on the, his podcast has been uh, doing a deep dive on it a little bit too it's fascinating because like they shot on a nuclear testing mm. site oh yeah and so oh, yeah. and now and, that, and like from that point 50 of the crew yeah. and eventually end up dying of cancer because right. not only did they Terrible. shoot there but when they had to leave they took all the radioactive dirt oh, with oh, them no. <laughs> and brought it to a studio and oh, shot on it again no. yeah. oh wow oh, yeah. constant Just, okay. yeah. yeah yes all right my first all one right, and i don't know the year but it's fairly recent um was the it's not i mean it's kind of a biography of uh bob dylan i'm not there Mm. Oh, and it, oh, he was played yeah. by lots of different people in that. But most, well, most mm-hmm. notably for me, uh, one of the uh, little vignettes was played by Kate Blanchett, playing yes. Bob Dylan. Mm. Right. I've I've wanted to see this movie because I've, I've heard about it, and it's just. But yeah, they had I don't know how many different actors playing like different. It's like sort of versions seven of or Bob, five yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So yeah. that's my first one. Okay. I've seen just that scene, and I yeah. think Kate Blanchett. Well, Kate Blanchett like, can superior. do anything, exactly. pretty much. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, st- Steve, bring it. All right, my second one. Um, so, if you know, you're gonna have something set in. It, 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 well, it goes to to Kyle's pick in the '50s, where you just you know, you're trying to tell epic stories that are you know international or global or just set in different parts of the world but you're you're really just sort of bound by the studio system so when you're going to cast an important you know character you know out of the old testament why would you not cast you know charlton heston as you know moses uh you know a <laughs> hebrew egyptian man because charlton heston is nothing but like he just seems straight out of the the middle east there doesn't he <laughs> 
you can have my staff when you pry it out of my cold dead hand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Ten Commandments, yes? That's the Ten Commandments, nice. yes. Good choice. Cecil B. DeMille. Okay. Yep. All right, Kyle, Kyle, you're up. Good choice. Okay. Uh, uh, my next one. This actually was when, when I listened to the episode and they said, this was the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're going to go back to the far off year of 1995. Okay. So oh. it, when you're sitting there and thinking like in, in the spirit of Hamilton, as everybody's watching yeah. Hamilton today, uh, you, you, you want to think, okay, we have, we're going to have a, one of our great statesmen, a, a man of letters, a, a well-spoken man, someone who can, everyone would, as soon as he started talking, it would, Everyone would turn and listen. And of course, for that person, you'd want to cast Nick Nolte uh, <laughs> as Thomas Jefferson in Jefferson, Jefferson in Paris. Paris. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that's that articulate. Is the first school. adjective that I associate <laughs> for a more perfect union. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He just seems like the most intelligent, articulate American ever. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte. For those of you who have a problem with David Diggs, take a look at this movie. Oh, I don't have a problem with David Diggs. Uh, no. no one should have a take problem with him yeah. for whatever he plays in Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> my number two. My number two. And since you guys both did yours, I'm going to say I looked this one up as, as I was listening to you from 2003. No, um, uh, <laughs> it, uh, number one, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's The Last Samurai. And it's, uh, if you watch The Last Samurai and you're a fan oh, yes. of, um, Ed Zwick and Marshall Herskovitz, which I am yeah. going back to glory, yeah. the unfortunate mm-hmm. thing about The Last Samurai is that it's a lot like glory. Uh, and if you look at it, yes. there's the stories are very, very similar, which I kind of like them both. But the key thing about Tom Cruise playing um, <laughs> Captain Algren, I think, in Last Samurai yeah. is that that story, while based on a true story, is about a Frenchman <laughs> uh, <laughs> who it didn't have anything to do with Americans going yeah. and teaching uh, the samurai how to do anything. And um, so unfortunately, <laughs> it's very much romanticized into this American exceptionalism, teaching the Japanese how to do things. And so it's unfortunate, but it's not an Algren. I think it's like Brunei or something. Uh, it's a great story, <laughs> but it's miscast. So Tom Cruise in yeah. the last summer. That's a good one. That is yeah, a good one. That came from a long period where they would find these amazing stories from history and then go, but how can we make it be about a white yeah, dude? Yeah, a white yes, American exactly. dude. Let's, let's yes, get the oh, white, so bad. The white yeah. savior. Right. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Okay. So for my, Number three. My, final pick, my final pick, I was inspired. Um, and Pete, as you're listening, you will you will appreciate this. I'm hoping because now I'm straying from you know I guess actual historical people, but to me, like legends and folk tales, you know, some of these characters are so much as a part of storytelling and culture that they're it's almost as if they were alive. And so I, I'm I'm treading into somewhat fictional territory here, but I just could not resist um, the fact that. When you are casting a character named Don Diego de la Vega, that clearly you would think, I think we'll get Anthony Hopkins for this role in The Mask of Zorro. And I just, as you know, it came to mind, particularly with with last week's list and and talking about back to back miscasting. Exactly. Uh, It's because apparently Anthony Hopkins is a racial chameleon. You can cast him in anything and 
he will play it. No. So that is my final. Anthony thing. Hopkins and Tim Diesel. Yes. Can play any other <laughs> yes. Exactly. All right, Kyle. Uh, so my last one is from a, um, a a classic movie. So there's a lot of these movies that we we sort of put on the pedestal. They they have all these awards and they're classics of cinemas and there's framed posters and uh, every uh, fancy cinema. But if you dig deep, there's some problematic stuff you can get into. And so uh, the one I'm talking about uh, is actually from one of our favorite actors, Sir Alec Guinness. Uh, Playing, playing Prince Faisal in uh, Lawrence of Arabia, hmm. who is not That's Iranian <laughs> or Middle yes. Eastern at all. No. Yes. Yeah. This, this actually <laughs> let, me, let me down a, a pretty deep hole about yes. Hollywood whitewashing. Oh, there's, yes. it's, there's some horrible, there, horrible things out there. Yes, there are. Yes, indeed they are. I mean, it's a great film. It is a great film, but yep. yes, that's nope. it stands out more and more. It's yes. Still, yes. Yeah, exactly. Just that it's got that breakfast at Tiffany's thing where you oh, gotta go. Geez. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. So for my last Although, one most have gone with them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm happy to say that we had no steals that I can tell. Okay. Uh, oh, nothing on my yeah, list was picked. True. Um, I'm I'm struggling with which one to put up for my last one here. I've got a bunch okay. of different ones. Um, I was I was I was listing the Dances with Wolves. I was going to, but that's actually fiction. So I don't want to mm. do it. It's based on history, but it's a fiction. I was mm-hmm. going to go with the producers talking about sort of a meta <laughs> thing of, oh. of casting <laughs> Hitler in a non-Hitler-esque kind of thing, but I decided not to. So... Um, um, no, what I settled no. on; those aren't the fan letters, right? We want here yeah, what I settled that. on here was uh, Young Guns, um, and looking at Young oh. Guns, so the, the, I, there have actually been uh, some things written about Young Guns, saying that it was one of the most true stories uh, in recounting what Billy the Kid went through. Um, that there actually was a John Tunstall, which is this person in oh. the story that takes all these young guys in. They're the regulators, right? Young guys in and teaches them how to how to get out no, there, right. yeah, and take over everything. The difference is that John Tunstall in the movie is played like this venerable old fatherly figure, but actually in real life, John Tunstall was like the same age as these guys. He was oh, more wow. like he was more like <laughs> gathering. I mean, he, at most, he was five years old, five years older than Billy, which Billy is again the kid. So it's this kind of thing where they played out the dynamic for the film to have this sort of fatherly person teach them, and then he becomes the martyr and these kind of things. But um, but in in reality, the real story was that these guys were getting together to you know to to sort of take care of things in, in a gang like way. Um, and again, it's kind of like romanticizing the old west here a little bit. Um, and, uh, but uh, it made for a great story. I'm a big fan of Young Guns and Young Guns too. So, um, so that's my third for our miscast. All right. And then I was gonna. Excellent. My other meta one was I was gonna say Wyatt Earp because Wyatt Earp and Tombstone <laughs> came out in the same year, and oh, you yeah. gotta pick one, right? Which one is right. better in terms of casting? And yeah. Tombstone is tombstones the right one <laughs> yes anyone yes. other than who they cast for all of the people in tombstone is miscast in my opinion but whatever all right so what what were your, some of your backups then because it sounds like those you guys had backups. some those were your backups oh, okay, yeah. okay uh, let's see my do you, you have other backups or i only have one and it's uh, it's really stretching it because i i had it on my okay. list and it's it's ridiculous but then i thought oh well actually the story explains 
and justifies the miscasting of Ozzy Davis as JFK and Bubba Hotep. Because the story is he's JFK, <laughs> yes. and yes. after the assassination, they basically t- they turned him into a black man to, to hide and, and shuffle them off. So it's not actually miscasting, yeah. but the fact yeah. of the matter that Ozzy Davis is playing J- <laughs> JFK yeah. and Bubba Hotep the is backups just, always just get a little squirrely. We, we get to mention Bubba Hotep. <laughs> right. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, let's see. My uh, I had two other ones. Uh, one was uh, in Beyond the Sea, uh, Kevin Spacey playing Bobby Darren. Oh, uh, I think he okay. was almost fifty when yeah. he did the role. And he yeah. was playing Bobby Darren at twenty. Right. Yes. I just love the hubris of like <laughs> writing and directing this movie and going, you know, who'd be perfect, perfect for the lead? <laughs> Me. He always likes to play young roles. So yes, he does. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Of, of, that of, was a joke. Of Kevin Spacey's many, a, many, many. That forms. was meant yes. to be an off-color joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my last one uh, was uh, from Exodus: Gods and Kings. Everyone. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. Right. The entire principal cast. Right. Well, yeah, because in 1950-whatever, Cecil B. DeMille doing Ten Commandments, that's what he's dealing with. But, it, yeah, mm-hmm. in more contemporary times, there's no reason there's to, no to reason. cast a film yeah. no, I like that no at all. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. So we have free reign because Woo. it's it's going to be a while before we get to... Uh, you know, they, they, they pick up after summer hiatus. So I was thinking about... If there are themes from anything we've talked about in the show, I've been making notes about things that Ooh. have come up during the show because we could do movies that have scenes in a drive-in. Love it. Because we did talk about drive-ins. Love that. oh, that's that's good. a good one. Do that one. Um, yeah. Okay. We, we, it is also summer. So I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind when you think about summer movies, what you might think might be a category that might be interesting for a list since we are uh, in the middle of I've, summer. I've, a bunch of like teen comedies that take place in the summer are coming up. So like um, some like uh, summer break, kind of like a. Mm-hmm. Okay. Summer break. What else you got, Steve? Okay. What else have I got? Um... That's what would, uh, would be the recurring themes: yeah, that, uh, the, racism and uh, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> the two are not connected. Um, Racist Aaron Sorkin movies. Go. Yeah. You could do something about wow. um, something about quarantine, right? Have we done anything about quarantine yet? I don't think so. So we could do something about like being locked. Oh, locked in yeah. somewhere, or, or, trapped oh. in. Oh, single single location movies. Like oh, okay, single location. So it it doesn't. Yeah, because people about, are locked in. How about yeah. films where you're forced to watch something? Ooh, where you're where where people are are made to have to watch something. Okay, like, yeah, I like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Now that Ooh, okay. Got it. Just thought about like three or four disturbing yeah. things. That <laughs> yeah. came to mind. So thanks for that. Well, it's okay. well, he he knows he doesn't have to do this because exactly. he wouldn't be able to build that list right. himself. <laughs> He's thinking. Let's see. Let's see. Everything from this past year. It was on Trailer Rewind. that Steve made me watch. Um, all the times we did horror movies on the film board. Things that made, yeah. made me watch. These guys yes. Made me okay. Watch. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we've got. Uh, Drive-in movie. Love it. And we've got mm-hmm. uh, Summer Break. And we've got people being forced to watch something. Love it. Okay. Those are All good right. ones. That was, those are, that's good. And we don't have to, I don't have to deal with this. And I, I don't think either of you do either. <laughs> no. Okay. This is, this is fun. We it gave us, a, we, get, we get some diversity off of this because I think it, uh, instead of sometimes what happens is we get a series of movies. And it's like, we're treading over the same topic and trying to rethink it. And this just gave us, these are all got, different. Uh, yeah. This will be really interesting to see what the uh, go. members on, on discord uh, come up with. Yes. 
Exactly. All right. So if you want to vote in next week's challenge, it's simple. You head over to the Show Talk channel and the Next Real Discord community, and you can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. If I told you guys I used to sabotage the votes, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I, the old poll system used to allow you to vote more than once, and I would split my votes. And then if it was close, I'd say, well, I'll just tip the scales this way. No longer possible with our new polling system. So how do you get access to that Show Talk channel? Just head over to the patreon.com slash the next reel and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts for just $5 a month. You're not even going out to see movies anymore. You've got $5 in your pocket. You can become a... Con- it is. You can become a concessionaire supporter and get access to the show live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, and access to the super secret member channels in the Next Real Discord. Super secret, yes. And if you if you don't if you need a mask, you know you can head over to the nextreel.com slash merch to check out our <laughs> T public store. And we've got masks out there. You can be bold enough to order your uh, patient zero, you know, biohazard looking mask if you want to, but we've got all kinds of merch over there as well. And we thank all of you for supporting us and supporting our doctors and nurses because part of the funds from purchasing a mask will go to support the frontline healthcare workers through direct relief. Thank you. And the Marvel Movie Minute ones have uh, our pictures on it, so you can put my face on your face. That's weird. Face on face. That's <laughs> face on face. <laughs> putting, his, putting his face on your face. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so then you can take my face. Oh, oh, oh face yeah. off. Excellent. All right. Where are you guys in your Marvel Movie Minute? Where are we coming up to? Uh, let's see. We, we have finally hit New York, baby. City so nice that I've heard they've named it twice. Uh, so yeah, so the uh, the Bruce and Benny are visiting uh, with the good doctor. Then uh, in, in these uh, upcoming episodes coming this week, you're going to get to hear um, we we get a deep dive into uh, psychological horror. Um, we get to I get to hear me bust out my Crypt Keeper impression. Excellent, uh, worth it, <laughs> worth the price of admission. And uh, yeah, yes, all right, yeah, exactly. all right, so yes. All right, so everybody check out your feeds for the Hamilton Film Board that will be dropping and all the fun things coming to you for the Marvel Movie Minute. All right. Guys, it's been a pleasure. See you later. Enjoy your 4th of July, everybody. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.